What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Break Free Podcast. And today, my special guest for the Break Free Moment is my good friend, Zach McReynolds. That's all the way on the other coast. The West Coast is the most, at least according to Zach. So what's up, Zach? Hey, brother. How you doing? Not too bad, man. What's going on your way? Um, You know, it's windy today. Got down to a really cold 69, 70 degrees. (laughs) People are freezing out here. Dude, when when it hits 70 here in South Carolina, my heater kicks on automatically. Yeah, yeah. So... It gets cold here. So anyway, so Zach, um, obviously I've known you for quite some time. You're out there. What part of California are you in again? We're in Los Angeles, but the northern suburbs. Uh, LA is a pretty large geographical area. So we're kind of in like our own little thing. We don't really consider as much as we are LA, it doesn't feel like LA. We're we're kind of in our own thing out here. Yeah, very suburban, very bedroom community, as they call it. A lot of tract homes. Okay. So with nice. traffic, we're, we're days away from the airport. <laughs> well, what is the, the airport I took when I was out that way? Was it Burbank? Is that Burbank's a little one. Yeah, if you can fly out of that one, yeah. that, that's the one you want to. Way less traffic. <laughs> All right, man. So obviously I know what you do, but why don't you tell us what you do like professionally here in the name of the company? Yes, yeah, so I am Zach McReynolds. I'm one half of the Sherry and Zach team. Um, we are realtors out of uh, Santa Clarita Valley in, in like I said, LA. Um, we own our brokerage, so we own the Next Home uh, franchise here locally. And um, I've been in real estate for, I'm going into my 13th year. Um, nice. My partner Sherry is in her 21st year. We've been a top team in our city for you know nearly a decade basically sold 100 plus homes each of the last like seven years i think or maybe this will be our seventh year done a hundred million dollars in sales the last two years and uh you know just just uh trying to trying to make it man trying to get by yeah yeah and if i recall you guys got more than one business now right yeah, we own the brokerage. We we co-own an escrow company as well. You know, just trying to kind of build build the machine. That's the goal here. So, you know, scale basically, right? And can you yeah. can you build it up so at some point you can step out a little bit and hopefully still have some success? It's hard in our world, especially as a realtor, because you are your brand. So, you know, it's hard, I think, for most people to scale in a way that they can pull themselves out of their business. It's really hard to do. I've seen people try. I've seen people fail. It's, it isn't the easiest thing because people are coming to you because it's you. you Yeah. Yep. Now, obviously you've been in real estate 13 years. Sherry's hitting her 21st year, which damn impressive, by the way, 21 years. And you haven't went to jail yet. That's winning, man. She's not even 40. (laughs) (laughs) So, now, have you guys been in that that market the entire time, or were there different markets that you started off in? No, same market. Um, I've lived here most of my life. Growing up here, I've had some other businesses myself. Um, Sherry got into real estate at 18, and you know she wasn't necessarily from here, but been here, and then got into okay. real estate here. So we've been in the same market the whole time. Okay, okay. I was curious about that, because for as long as I've known you, I've never asked you that particular question. Right but, on, um, yeah. 
And yeah, we're a small I, community. Our population, they say, is like over 300,000. It certainly doesn't feel that big. When I was in high school here, we only had three high schools. It's I think we're at six now. Might wow. be seven, six or seven. But it felt very kind of, you know, not like small town, small town. But you knew everyone. You knew the, all the people together. It's, you know, I went to school in the 90s. You knew everybody at the other schools. It, it felt very close. And it still feels that way. I mean, literally, we know every other realtor in town. You know, we don't do, there's not a lot of transactions. Our pre-COVID, we only really averaged like 300 sales a month for the city. So it's wow. not like, you know, we're not talking thousands of deals or 3,600 deals a year, typically. Wow. So it's it sounds bigger than it is, especially when you say you're out of LA, but we are just kind of in our own little bubble, really. Yeah. And I remember when I came out to visit, you were just telling me about, and it's been a few years, obviously, but you know how some of the MLS you're you're empty by the end of the week like there's nothing available to sell yeah were you here was that pre-COVID or was that during that was pre-COVID we were in low inventory right before COVID hit but we had just come out of the most inventory so the entire time I've been in real estate I've never seen a thousand houses active on the market which in a wow. normal market pre-COVID if we're averaging 300 you know it's right around three months of inventory. So the entire time I've been the decade in real estate, I've only ever had three months of inventory, which typically would be, that's a low, you know, a seller's market, low inventory seller's market the whole time. Yeah. You know, that's where everyone talking about prices coming down and a crash coming. Like there's no way for me to see that unless we just get more inventory. I could three or four X what I have on the market right now. Well, we just got to 300. So I have 300 active homes right now for sale. That's the most we've had in a minute. Last year when rates first went up, it got a little weird. We got to like 500, but that quickly fell back down. And, you know, we were operating out of 100 to 200 houses most of the pandemic while we're having the record sales, you know? So it was, it's been, it's been an interesting ride for sure. But I've never yeah. seen a buyer's market. You know, essentially we'd have to have six months of inventory just to, for the pendulum to swing to a buyer's market. So that would be yeah. 1800 houses. I've wow. never, I've seen nine at the most, you know? Okay. So that's where I, how do, how do you envision a crashing market? If we don't have, we'd have to have way too many options for the buyers that are in the market. Yes. Sales are down, you know, in some cases, 45%, maybe, maybe a third to 45% of the volume is gone because affordability is tough. First home, first time home buyers are having a tough time in the market, especially in our area, but we're considered cheap for LA, you know, it's just a, you know, it's, it's a very interesting time for sure. Okay. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, I'm hearing different types of markets all around the country. You know, our market here, secondary home market, it's been bad for over a year. We have six months plus of inventory, you know, um, stuff sits on the days on market four months on average. It's, it's totally right. different, but nonetheless, you know, we're all seeing that impact. So let me ask you this during this, obviously the downside where you're still having inventory issues, but so, like you said, sales are down. What are you and Sherry or your team or your office? What, what are you guys kind of doing to kind of just keep the eye on the prize? Yeah, it really just is that right. I mean, we really preach talking to people. So it's, it's, you know, trying to make sure they're having 10 conversations a day and, you know, just think outside the box. I just got an offer accepted. You know, we have very low inventory. I had a buyer, she sold her home. Um, we closed on it. She's got a three month rent back, but she wants a very specific model, 
you know, basically one model in one track. So I went and pulled all the title records. There's 141 of that particular model, did a mailer, sent it to every single one of those models and got a call. And we're now in escrow. So it's just, you know, it's trying to find inventory, mm-hmm. calling other agents, all the realtors were in networking groups, but going outside of your networking group and reaching out to agents and, Hey man, do you have anything like this coming up? I really need a blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. just what are you doing to try to find for the buyers that you do have, you know, what can you do to help find inventory to make sure that, you know, we're connecting the people and getting, and I'm a firm believer that I, I think for buyers, the ones that are waiting, that is just going to get worse because the only two outcomes from right here are rates go up or rates go down. And in either scenario, mm-hmm. if you're an active buyer looking right now, that is, there's no, neither one of those is a good scenario. If yeah. rates come down, more people are going to jump in the pool and it's just going to go back to being really competitive. I mean, as a listing agent last week, two, two weekends ago, we listed two properties you know, one was a pretty unique property. The fact that it had enough RV parking for two RVs side by side, which is a big deal out here. we got a lot of boaters, campers, those types of people, but that went 150,000 over asking. So, wow. and then I had another condo at an entry level price point that we listed that one. I just talked about at 999, we went a million 150. So 150,000 over. Then we had entry level pricing in a condo at 600 and that had seven offers and went 35,000 over. So, there's still buyers out there. So if rates come down, just more buyers are going to jump in the pool. We have low inventory. It's not like we're going to get a bunch more inventory. So there's just going to be more buyers, more competition back to having to go 40, 50,000 over waving appraisal, like the stuff that was happening during the pandemic. Yeah. That's not necessarily a better scenario if you're a buyer, because now you got, might have to come with more cash out of pocket. And then if right. rates go up, it just gets worse too. Prices have not fallen anywhere close to what they needed to, for your payment to be the same. That's why we're having this affordability problem, right? Rates mm-hmm. are up, they got to 8%. Prices didn't fall to to be equivalent in monthly payment to that that jump in rates. So you, that same house you could have bought, you know, three years ago at 3%, right now is a hell of a lot more expensive than a monthly payment. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if rates continue to go up, everyone thinks, oh, I'll just wait for price to come down. They're not gonna come down to, to equate. I mean, yep. obviously we're already here. We've proven that. So yep. if home ownership is important to you, I'm not saying it's not hard right now. I bought a house in July. I got a, you know, a high 7% interest rate. It's, yeah. it, it's an uncomfortable payment for sure, but I know it's going to get better. I know rates will come down. We can refi at some point. And when that happens, pricing is going to go up. So I'll have equity in the house yeah. waiting, becoming a renter. It doesn't necessarily make sense. Rental prices are high. You you get a landlord that decides to sell on you next year. Now you, you got to up and move your family. Then you got to just choose whatever you can get in at that exact moment. What's available to be a rental the moment you have to be out of that rental. You got to live somewhere. Yeah. You know, you can end up in this like perpetual yearly moving. If every, every time, every lease, every time your lease is up, that seller decides to sell. Yeah. So, you know, but again, it is, it is expensive. It is tough. I, I get that, you know, but if home ownership is important, maybe buy the lower house now. It's okay. You can buy the condo now, at least have something that's yours. You're locking in that rate, or at least you know what your payment is. No one can make you move. And then when rates come down, you could refi and then then move up. You know, maybe you can't yep. get everything you want right now, but that's okay. I think especially with inflation and if if this is the new norm, you kind of want to get into the pool 
as everything's be part of it while everything's getting pushed up pricing get in own a home make some equity while it continues to go up i, I really just can't see a world where it comes crashing down unless everything just goes absolutely bonkers ape shit awful across the country <laughs> and our our economy collapses i guess that could happen too <laughs> then i was wrong <laughs> I mean, we might be entering level four Jumanji at this point. We have no idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's kind of the thing, man. And, and, you know, you've been doing this a while too. Like, you know, go back to pre-pandemic. We live in a very um, uh, cyclical, predictable, real estate was very predictable. Obviously there was like 2008 and all that stuff, but everything since then, you know, we could see the ebbs and the flows with, with, you know, winter coming and all, you know, your market, I'm sure was very predictable. You knew it was going to happen. Now's Correct. the time to buy. Now's the time to wait, whatever it was, you know? Yep. Yeah. And, and I agree. Not, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> now we're just kind of just guessing at this point, you know? And, you know, the reality is if affordability is an issue, maybe it's time to start OnlyFans and make some shit happen. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I've got my shoes off right now. I can show you my feet and you can tell me how, <laughs> how much money they'll make. <laughs> Listen, if you take those toes, dip them in some mayonnaise, wiggle them. I mean, you're solid. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely wild out there. So we'll bring you some mayonnaise. <laughs> the big jar, the big Sam's Club jar. That's like this big. <laughs> so, you know, obviously with everything that's going on, you run a team, you guys – when I was out there and obviously knowing you guys for this long, you guys are machines and you do a hell of a job. So what, what are some of the things that you guys keep your, your office, your agents, and even yourselves motivated to keep pushing through some shit like this? I mean, you know, there's no magic answer to that. It's just, mm -hmm. it's knowing that whether you want to get up and perform today, the, the market is moving without you. You yeah. know what I mean? The market is a river you know are you in it are you watching are you part of it are you floating with it are you the rock in it making it bend around you you know all all the scenarios but it's it's gonna happen and if you're actively looking at the mls and you're seeing every day a bunch of agents are listing houses and every day there's a bunch of closings so you know it is harder it sucks what how how the pandemic was because it did make it it felt easy. You know, people were turning things down everywhere you turn. There was somebody that wanted to buy a house. Yeah. You know, it, it was easy. It was easy to list a house and sell it. And I think a lot of people got off of their game. There's a lot of people not doing, you know, good photography, good marketing plans. They were just, they were being easy. It, this is a different market. Houses yeah. are still sitting as low as the inventory is in my market. The average days on the market is still in the forties. And there wow. are, and our, our, our market is averaging under asking, you know, because there are people that don't know what they're doing and, you know, don't know how to have tough conversations with sellers and explain to them that they need mm -hmm. to, you know, remove the wallpaper and change the carb. Like those are the things that we were having to do in 2018 when, when rates first, first time since 08 rates had got to 5%. Yeah. The market slowed down. There's a lot more options. Buyers were being picky with their money. The ugly stuff wasn't selling well. And you had to have a little bit of common sense of like, okay, we've got to dress this up. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to sit or the gap is going to grow. The dope shit's going to sell 
tier one premium house is going to go and the the you know three doors down same model not as nice is going to sell for less money and yes. back in 17 18 maybe that gap was 10 or 15 grand between a really good one and a not so good one where well, we're just seeing that gap grow you yeah. know does it make sense to throw a couple bucks into the house to to beautify it a little bit and get top dollar versus taking a forty thousand dollar hit compared to the good one yeah so it's just having those types of not being afraid to say that not being afraid to you know i thought i think a lot of agents didn't learn how to run comps and maybe don't know how to advise someone what the right price is you know there a lot of people were throwing shit at the wall for a couple of years during the pandemic and it was working you know that those those are bad habits that a lot of people learned yeah. so i think you know studying your craft or do you understand how to run comps do you understand do you do you talk to appraisers yeah. do you know what an appraiser is looking for so I always try to evaluate the value based on what I think the market value is through the eyes of an appraiser. You know, sure, I might someone might be willing to buy your house for eight fifty, but if it only appraises for eight, does it make sense to list for eight fifty? If we get the eight fifty and it only appraises, if we list for eight fifty and get it and then only appraise for eight, that buyer is not paying that fifty thousand dollar gap. They're going to point right. at you and go, "You're dumb. I gave you your price. You misunderstood the comps," and they'll want to reevaluate. But if you list for eight and we do get five or six offers and we can get 50,000 over, that's a different scenario because now we're asking the buyer to waive the appraisal. You're choosing to overpay. We're not telling you you have to. It's a different conversation to get that appraisal waiver and get someone to pay that $50,000 gap. But I think there's a lot of people that learn bad habits that don't know how to, they want to be, a, they want the listing. Inventory is mm -hmm. down, sales are down, listings are down. You know, you get people that I really need this listing. I don't, I don't have the balls to tell this, this seller that it's not worth 850, but then yeah. you're only, you're only screwing everyone. You're screwing the seller, you're screwing yourself, Correct. you know, because when the bad outcome happens, you, you didn't foresee it. Yep. You know, so, so education is everything. Everything. Craft. We stay a couple hours a day. We, we tell our team, our office that you should be, you know, educating yourself two hours a day in something related to your business, whether yeah. that's studying comps, learning a new marketing, you know, tactic, figuring out your listing presentation. How can you sell houses faster and for more, more money, learning the marketing side, learning yes. how to run targeted ads through social media platforms where you can put the property in front of potential buyers, you know, because we are in the outskirts of LA and we are considered cheap, I can run ads to Burbank, Glendale, Pasadena, these areas that, you know, a million dollar house is a thousand square feet. Well, a million dollar house here is, you know, a, a nice big 2,500, maybe 3,000 square foot house. So yeah. if I'm advertising to those people down there, we're technically only, you know, 25, 30 miles away. So why don't move up here, get more bang for your buck? And that's driving more traffic to my open houses and, you know, in turn, driving more offers, which makes more money. So it's, it's learning, it's honing your craft, right? Right. Not just sitting there going, I don't know where I'm going to get my next deal from. <laughs> okay, Eeyore. <laughs> he called you guys Eeyore. So the, the reality is, though, it's, it's the reinvestment to yourself, right? It's a business. you got to reinvest, whether it's time, money, effort, et cetera 
adding more into your business is going to make a world of difference. I'm like, it just got dark. For those of you watching the video, it just went dark on Zach. Just saying. Um, I got a, the timer lights in here. Okay. But yeah, it, I think it's really important that you mentioned that it's, it's reinvestment, it, whether it's education, it's purchasing something that can help you get to the next level. It's just doing something new. It's trying something new. I, I think that's powerful, man. And to me, that would be like that break free moment because right now with all the agents out there, that's what they're exactly they're asking themselves. Even established agents all of these years ago, because of the pandemic rush or the boom, they forgot how to work. And I see it across the board. I talk to hundreds of people a week and literally some of them have been in the business 25 years and they forget how to work their craft, their business, because it was too easy. You had a pulse closing deals. You're breaking next and getting checks. It's hard right now, man. Like, you know, we're having a lot of conversations with people that want to do something, but you know, to sell your house where you have a 3% to, you know, if you need more room or you, or even downsizing, that's a tough conversation, you know, but one thing I explain to people is, you know, you're up an awful lot of money that wouldn't have happened if the pandemic didn't happen. A normal year over year, you know, maybe, you know, three to 5%. So let's say your house improved 4% over a couple of years. You bought an $800,000 house. Okay. 30,000, 30,000, maybe over three years, you were up like 90 if it, you had a 4% increase, but some of these houses are up four or 500 grand. Right. I don't know if we talked about this, but I actually bought a house in 20. I paid 810. I renovated it. I, I put that garage door in. I don't know if you ever saw it. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I did like some cool stuff. I sold that for one three a year and a half after I bought it for eight. Wow. That's crazy. That is, that's bad shit. So to be up four or 500 grand, and obviously this is what's going on in my market and everybody, you know, yeah. I'm sure it's different, but, but either way, if you're up, something you're up more than you would have been had the pandemic never happened and the two point whatever rates happen. So it's okay to roll that equity. It, 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 especially if you need to, you know, if you accidentally had three more kids in the pandemic because everybody was home all day, you know, <laughs> you know, and you need to get a bigger house. It's okay. Roll that equity. It's equity you wouldn't have had. So, but I get it. It's hard to walk away from a 3% interest rate. And now in a perfect world, you don't sell it. You, you rent that house out and you build, you know, your portfolio. The, the wealthiest people I've seen doing this are regular working class folk that, you know, get to retirement and own four, five, six houses. Yeah. That's the people that have money. If you didn't, you know, start a, a startup and sell something for millions of dollars, you know, I've never met anyone like that. Like, so yeah. if you can get to the end and have six or seven houses, that's how you're going to have actual wealth because whatever your retirement is from whatever work you did, now you've got six houses paid off that you're renting out. That's an extra stream of a good amount of income where yeah, I'm at, you know, most houses are rent for four grand a pop. Yep. Yep. You know, and how big is that four grand a month? How big is that house on average? Um, that's the, that could even be a smaller house here, maybe, you know, 1800 square feet. The rental market was peaking a little bit about a year ago. I, I hear that's come down. I don't really do rentals myself, but yeah. you know, I, I'm in it. A big house here was five or six grand. Okay. You know, a three thousand square yeah. foot house. So yeah, imagine imagine getting a retirement and having five of those. Now you got thirty thousand yeah. dollars a month coming in. So if you can move up without without selling, of course. 
But again, yeah. that's hard too, because, you know, pulling equity and having down payment and all these things. But that's what I was saying about, uh, forgive me real quick, this podcast, is this about real estate? Or are we just talking? <laughs> it's honestly about anything, man. It, it's really, you know, we're just talking about anything that could really help people because a ton of people, as you know, a ton of people need help right now in and outside of real estate. Well, I hate just like, yeah, I mean, I'm a nerd, you know, I don't, we don't have to talk about real estate the whole time, but what I was saying, it, it is hard right now. You know, if you're, you and your family, if you don't own a home and you got your eyes on the 2,500 square foot house and that's tough right now with payment, it's okay. Get the condo because you can buy another primary and you don't have to have 20%. You could buy this, turn this into a rental. And then the next one is a primary. You could do another five or 10%. So it's not like the next one, but if you buy the big house now and you want to buy the second house later, you, you have to go do 20% or more next. If you yeah. can justify it being a new primary, then you can move up. So it is okay to buy the condo right now with the yep. intent of turning that into a rental property at some point. Yeah. And just start building your portfolio. So that what way else you want to talk about? <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Honestly, you yeah, know, everything that you've, you've been dropping a lot of honestly knowledge bombs out there that a lot of people are going to be able to pull from this in order to do something with it. And right now, because there's such a wide, varied audience that actually listens to this, hearing some truth about the way even your market, because we all know real estate's hyper-local. So it's going to vary per market, but hearing that and things that you can actually do in this type of market just makes sense, right? Because interest rates are high. Okay. A lot of times, if you go to a new construction builder, sometimes they do buy-down rates, or you totally. could do a buy-down rate if you have the extra funds. Like there's two one buy-down is is super sick if rates right now are seven and a quarter you can get the two one buy down if you can get a credit from the seller you can have them pay for this you can basically buy down two points for the first year so right now you could have a five and a quarter for year yeah. one six and a quarter for year two and then year three it goes to whatever the today's rate is so but i think we all and and maybe this is a bad assumption thinking that at some point rates are going, we can't stay here forever we can't right. have the highest prices of all time and coupled with essentially the highest rates since, you know, what, the before the 90s? Yeah, the, the, the late 1900s. Don't really add up. Well, I mean, we had rates like in the teens at one point, but that's when a house was like 100 grand. You know, because yeah, everyone's right. like, oh, rates have been here before. Yeah, okay, but, you know, the house that <laughs> you bought for 100 is now 900. <laughs> the house yeah. you bought for 40 grand in a handshake. <laughs> yeah. It's a different yeah. thing now. <laughs> and you got two goats out of it. <laughs> right. But you know, these days goat shows apparently sell for a lot. I'm just saying. All right. <laughs> South Carolina is a little different, bro. I don't, we, don't do that. <laughs> we do have a place called Goat Island. I will, I refuse to ever go there just in case. I, I don't need to know what happens on Goat Island. Right. <laughs> just saying. Here's me Googling Goat Island. <laughs> but no, man. No, honestly, I think just having that real talk is nice. It's it's great to hear it from, especially since you're all the way across the country in California. Hearing those, the, the real honest talk, people can use this information, right? And the same thing, what you guys are going through, what you're doing, the changes you had to make, those are all profound. So tell me this, or not even me, tell the audience, if someone's moving to your area and they want to help, they want to buy or sell a home, if they know anybody, whatever, how do they get a hold of you guys? Uh, you can just, honestly, if you Google Sherry and Zach, you'll find us. <laughs> I'm Googleable. You'll stumble into us. 
<laughs> just be careful what you click these days. I'm just saying. Yeah, we're everywhere. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. We're everywhere. Sherry and Zach. It's easy. I'm there. We out there. And their company is Next Home Real Estate Rockstars. Correct, yes, sir. And you guys just moved into a newer building, didn't you? Yep, yep. We It's been about a year now. I think it was last July, actually. So getting up on a year and a half. Bought a building, 5,000 square feet. Got our own space. Same thing. We've moved our offices a lot. We had you know people trying to change leases on us every year. I mean, honestly, it's the same exact principle. I got yeah. tired of having to move my office. One place I overbuilt it, probably put like 50, 60 grand into the build out only for them to try to jack our rent up. Yeah, of course you want more rent. I pimped out the building. <laughs> you guys you know? did a hell of a job for that building too. So lesson learned. Don't do that again. If we're going to put money into something, let's get something of our own, you know? So yeah. got a nice commercial building. We Half of it's for real estate. The other half I rent out. We have, we have like a therapist. We have... Um, nice. Uh, things are escaping. Our solar company we have different people that rent out some of the offices. So nice. It's pretty cool. You know what? I, I really like that you mentioned that there's a therapist because in this business, that is like a hand in hand situation. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. I was like, what else do we need? I'm like, can I get a barber in here? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I just want one stop shop. So I, I don't, yeah. I, I don't have to leave work necessarily. I'm a masseuse. <laughs> That's fantastic. Honestly, I thought about just scrapping the whole thing and turn it into a brewery. I'm down for that too. Okay. All right. All right. All right. If, well, if real estate gets bad, that's my plan. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to put you on the spot for that. So it, if you switch it to a brewery, first name off the top of your head, what would you call it? Oh, shit. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. oh, shit kind of works. Yeah. Let's go to Sherry and Zach still. We've got world clients. It's like a Dave and Buster's. It's Sherry and Zach's. Yeah. He's very dedicated to branding here. Yeah. yeah. Well, people know who we are. That, that should be an easy transition. No, that's fantastic, man. Well, look, hey, I really appreciate you jumping on with us, you know, kind of just laying out some knowledge and everything. So, again, thank you so much for coming, man. I really do appreciate it. That's it? We're done? Yeah, I'm kicking you off now. Shit, oh. get out. Right on, brother. Anytime for sure. Good to see you. Uh, hopefully uh, see you in person when he's this. Absolutely, man. And for everybody listening, you can just Google Zeri, uh, Shaq and Zeri. I can't talk. Look at that shit. I'm fucking it up. Zach and Sherry. <laughs> Sherry <laughs> and Zach. There you Sherry go. and Zach. Sherry's first or I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, but you can also follow the podcast on breakfreepodcast.com. Until then, I'll talk to you guys soon. Mm-hmm.